يَا أَيُّهَا الَّذِينَ آمَنُوا Oh you who have believed إِذَا لَقِيتُمْ When you meet فِئَةً A group فَثْبُتُوا Then stand firm Remain firm وَذْكُرُ اللَّهَ And you all remember Allah كَثِيرًا much Why? لَعَلَّكُمْ تُفْلِحُونَ So that you can be successful In this ayah And in the following ayah Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala tells the believers Certain rules Which rules? For battle that what things should the believers pay attention to? What should they do? What should they observe in order to be victorious? Because whenever you're successful at something, you should always reflect. What was a positive? What was a negative? What worked? What didn't work? And what are the next steps? What is it that we learned from that we should continue to do? What is it that didn't go well so that we can improve it? And what are we going to do in the future in order to improve our situation in general? So over here, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is directing our attention to what we need to do in future in order to be successful. So all believers, whenever you meet a fi'ah, fi'ah from the root letters fi'ah, hamza, a group, meaning when you face an enemy, then what should you do? The first rule is fathbutu, then become firm. Become firm. Sabata, to remain firm. Meaning once you've come to this point, then don't say, oh, we changed our mind. I'm going back. Once you see the test paper, don't say, I don't want to do it. No. Once you have started, then just do it. Once you are there, then just do it. Fathbutu, then become firm. Don't become weak at that time and turn away. Just calm down, keep calm and carry on. So what do we see? At the beginning, we need endurance when meeting the challenge. And when you're working on it while fighting, then what is necessary? Patience. So fathbutu, become firm. The Prophet ﷺ at the battle of Badr at the beginning addressed the believers and he said, O people, do not wish to face the enemy in battle. Meaning don't make dua, Ya Allah, let there take place a battle so that we can participate. No, don't wish for that. And ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for afiyah, meaning for safety, to keep you safe from difficulty. But if you should face the enemy, you didn't want that, but you are in that situation, you've been brought to that point, then be patient. And let it be known to you that paradise is under the shadows of the swords. So what does this address tell us? That you shouldn't ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to give you a difficult test, to give you a difficult challenge. That, oh Allah, make me very sick so that I can be very patient and earn your great reward. No, don't do that. Don't ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for difficulties, any kind of difficulties. Rather ask Allah for afiyah. But if you are ever in some great difficulty, despite you're not wanting it, you're put in that situation and it happens. So for example, don't ask that I should have a car accident so that I can also experience what it is like. No, may Allah keep you safe. But if you ever happen to be in that situation, then what is necessary? Patience and firmness. Right? Patience and firmness. Don't just start screaming over there and shouting at the top of your voice and crying hysterically. No, be patient, be calm, fathbutu, then remain firm and realize that paradise is only achieved through difficulty. The path to Jannah is not easy. So if you are brought in a difficult situation, then be firm over there. Don't quit. Don't escape. 
Don't think about how you can get out of that situation. Resolve it. And as difficult as it will be, realize that this is the way to Jannah. Because in every salah, what do we ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for? اِهْدِنَ الصِّرَاطَ الْمُسْتَقِيمِ The right path is of who? صِرَاطَ الَّذِينَ أَنْعَمْتَ عَلَيْهِمْ Who are الَّذِينَ أَنْعَمْتَ عَلَيْهِمْ? The prophets. Right? The siddiqeen, the shuhada, the salihin, the prophets. Were their lives easy? Ibrahim was thrown in the fire, wasn't he? So when a person is going through difficulty in life, especially in his religion, then that is a sign that inshallah he is on the right path. Because the right path is the path of the prophets before. And the prophets, they endured a lot of difficulty. So first of all, don't ask for difficulty. But if you are in difficulty, then be firm. Don't give up and try to run away from there. فَثْبُتُوا And secondly, وَذْكُرُوا اللَّهَ كَثِيرًا And remember Allah much. Instead of remembering your difficulties, and talking about the problems, and discussing your weakness, what should you do? Remember Allah much. Instead of talking about if only and why and you should have and I should have done such and such. Instead of talking about such things which will further demoralize you, what should you do? Busy yourself in the dhikr of Allah. In any situation where things don't go as planned, typically, what do people talk about? If we had done this, we wouldn't have been here. If you listen to me, by the way, I told you, didn't I? Okay, what is this going to do now? Is it going to solve the problem? Is it going to change the situation? No. If you start crying over there, if you start getting angry with each other, is that going to solve the problem? What is going to solve the problem? If you stay calm and just focus on what you have to do. What will help you stay calm and focus on your work? The dhikr of Allah. Because Allah بِذِكْرِ اللَّهِ it is only with the dhikr of Allah that the hearts find peace and contentment. So busy yourself in the dhikr of Allah. You know, like for example, a family. You go somewhere and total failure. Okay, You go to a park to have some fun and what happens? Heavy rain. And then you're upset at your father, at your brother. Why didn't you check the weather? And they're like, you should have checked it. Don't you have a phone? Why did we get you a phone? Don't you have internet? Why are you blaming me? Right? These are typical arguments that happen. So instead of doing that, what should you do? وَذْكُرُوا اللَّهَ كَثِيرًا Just start doing dhikr of Allah. Start saying, subhanallah wa bihamdihi subhanallah al-azim and say it a hundred times before you yell at somebody. And I guarantee you by the time you finish, you'll forget about your problem. Right? So فَثْبُتُوا وَذْكُرُوا اللَّهَ كَثِيرًا لَعَلَّكُمْ تُفْلِحُونَ in another hadith we learn, which is in Sunan al-Darimi, the Prophet ﷺ said, do not wish to face the enemy in battle and ask Allah to save you from calamities. But if you should face the enemy, then stand firm and remember Allah much. And if they make loud noise, who? The enemy. And scream, then upon you is silence. Meaning you should be silent and do dhikr of Allah in your heart or quietly in your mouth. But don't start screaming like others are. Typically what happens, if there is an accident or you know somebody is extremely sick, they fall unconscious, what happens? Everybody starts making noise. What happened? And oh, come here, and come there. Noise, noise, noise. Panic. 
Isn't that what we typically do? Panic, noise. But what do we learn here? We should be silent and do dhikr at that time. Remember Allah. Because that is the best use of time and that is the best way of dealing with that situation. Because you know when there's noise and clamor, people can't focus, people can't work. Which is why if there's ever an emergency and there's, let's say, paramedics, what do they do? One of the first things they do is that whoever is not supposed to be here, please go away. Right? If you are the relative of this person or the friend of that person, then you stay here. But all these 50 people, please go back to your work. Correct? Why? Because if there is more people watching, panicking, screaming, then what will happen? The situation will get even more tense and difficult. So for you to do your work calmly, what's the first thing that you need to do? Silence. Silence. Which is why in test papers, what is necessary? When the test is going on, everybody should be quiet. And if you're done your test paper, then should you start talking? And complaining, oh, it was so difficult. And the poor person who's still working on their test, they hear, oh, it was so difficult. And like, really? I'm going to fail. So these comments, what do they do? They discourage you, they discourage others. But if you remain silent and engage in the dhikr of Allah, then you're calm, others are calm, and people can focus on their work. So, فَثْبُتُوا وَذْكُرُوا اللَّهَ كَثِيرًا لَعَلَّكُمْ تُفْلِحُونَ وَأَطِيعُوا اللَّهَ and obey Allah وَرَسُولَهُ and His Messenger. Before we continue, if you think about it, we as Muslims are trained to adopt silence in our prayers when the adhan is being pronounced. Right? When the iqama is said, between adhan and iqama, instead of talking, make dua. Right? When somebody is reciting the Qur'an, be silent. But if there's one thing that we don't know how to do, what is that? Remain silent. We don't know. Which is why Jumu'ah khutbah is going on, and what are the women doing behind the barriers? Talking away. So much so that the khatib has to sometimes yell at the women, please, adopt silence, you're not supposed to be talking. If a lecture is going on, What's happening? Talking. People are taking their test inside. And what's happening in the cafeteria? Many times people are just talking, making noise. It's understandable that people need a break. During break time, talk. But if it's not break time, then what is necessary? We adopt silence. There's one muscle in our mouth, tongue, which we don't give much rest to. We don't give much rest to it. And if we gave this much, if we worked our brain muscles more, our ears more, then we would be in a much better state. So it's important that we learn to be silent also when it is necessary. Be calm and focus on the work. وَأَطِيعُ اللَّهَ And obey Allah وَرَسُولَهُ And His Messenger. Even the battlefield, obey Allah and His Messenger. Then outside of the battlefield, uh, should we obey Allah and His Messenger? Yes. If in such difficult times we require to obey Allah and the Messenger, then when things are easy, then we are more required to obey Allah and the Messenger. وَلَا تَنَازَعُوا And do not dispute. Do not fight with one another. Do not argue with one another. Do not dispute with one another. Focus on the work, not how she's sitting and how she's looking. No. Focus on your work. Do not fight and argue and dispute. Why? Because if you do that, 
فَتَفْشَلُوا Then you will lose heart, you will lose strength, you will be discouraged, and وَتَذْهَبَ رِيحُكُمْ And your reeh would go away. What is reeh? Riyah. What is riyah? Winds, right? So reeh is wind. This is basically referring to your good impression and your courage. Okay? Because wind comes with what? Storm. When the wind is coming, that means there is a storm coming. Something major is coming. Alright? So when someone important, someone major is coming, then along with them, what comes? Their impression, their good impression. So if you fight, then what will happen? You will become weak and your rih, meaning your strength would depart. In other words, you yourself would not feel that strong. And secondly, your enemy will not be as afraid of you anymore. Think about it. If there is a couple, a husband and wife, and you see them arguing, you respected that individual a lot before, but then you see them arguing with their husband. Do you have any respect left for them? Do you? Any person in fact, if you see them arguing with someone, if you see that they fight with others, and they lash out like anything, if you see them angry, then A, you lose respect for them. And B, you realize how weak they are. Because if they don't have the strength to control themselves, then do they have the strength to face an enemy? They don't. In the hadith, what do we learn? Who is the strong person? Who is the strong person? The one who can control his anger. Not the one who can lash out on others. Right? So when people fight with one another, then what happens? Their strength, it goes away. Their good impression, gone. And even their enemy does not have any fear of them. And you know what? Unity, what is that? Strength. And disunity, division, is what? The greatest weakness. This is why they say, united we stand and divided we fall. Right? Division leads to complete destruction. It destroys you. Because then your foundations become weak, you are internally weak, and when you're internally weak, one external blow is sufficient to finish you off. Right? Like for example, if a person's immune system is weak, it's very weak, then what will happen? They'll catch one flu, one infection, and khalas. Correct? But if a person's immune system is strong, then their body is strong enough to fight infections and they can recover much faster. So this is true with respect to an individual, a family, an organization, a group of people, that when they fight with one another, they become internally weak. When they're internally weak, then their good impression is gone, and what will happen? The enemy will take advantage of that. This is why we see that if you study Muslim history, then we learn this, that when the Muslims were disunited, that is when they became weak, and that is when they lost their power. The lecture that I mentioned to you yesterday by Sheikh Yasu Qadi, again I tell you, go listen to it, please. Because really it will open up your mind. He talks about how the Khilafah ended. The Khilafah, how it ended. Because the Muslim leaders, what did they want? That they should be made the Khalifa. The wazir of Makkah Medina, he wanted that he should become the 
Khalifa. So he helped the British against the Turks. Imagine. He fought with others against Muslims. Why? So that their power is broken and I am made the Khalifa. And what happened? His sons were made the Khalifa at different different places, but the people didn't accept them. And within a couple of years, they were finished. So what do we have left? Nothing. Nothing. So internal disputes, remember, this is what causes downfall. This is what leads people to failure. Even in a family. If a husband and wife fight, if the parents argue a lot, then what happens? The children, they have the confidence to yell at their mother. If the father can humiliate the mother in public, then the son can also answer back and the daughter can also answer back. And then who has respect for any individual? Nobody. How do you teach your children to respect your husband? How do you teach your children to respect their father? By respecting your husband. If you respect him, the children will also learn to respect him. And if you don't, they will never respect him. And if they don't respect their father, you think they'll become responsible fathers themselves? They'll become responsible husbands? Never. You think they'll respect any kind of authority? If they cannot respect the authority of the father, you think they will ever, ever respect the authority of an imam? Of a leader? Of a boss? Never. Of the police? Never. This is why we see there are Muslim youth. What's happening with them? Arrogant and no respect for anybody breaking the rules. Your khiana there, theft there, getting into trouble with the police here. Why? Because the homes, the families are weak. The families are weak. So, وَلَا تَنَازَعُوا فَتَفْشَلُوا وَتَذْهَبَ رِيحُكُمْ And you know these disputes, they keep us so preoccupied, especially women, that we can't think about anything else. Right? Somebody said something to us a week ago, and we're still crying because of that. We're still upset because of that. We're still depressed. So please, keep away from fighting. And you know what? Many times you just have to forgive a person and ignore what they've said, for a little while, and they'll become fine. Somebody was telling me that there is a teenager whom they have known for many years, and this kid was really good, and as soon as they've hit the 16, they've changed completely. And they were telling me that this teenager, you know, they were very rude one day, and they were very rude another day. So they were hurt, obviously, and they wanted to show to them, but they're like, you know what? I don't care, it's okay. They're young, they're, you know, realizing their limits. So they ignored them, gave them their space, didn't fight, didn't argue, didn't yell at them, nothing. Gave them their space. And you know what? Now they're perfectly fine. They're perfectly fine, exactly as they were several months ago. No fights took place. No distance came in the middle. You have to forgive and let go, be patient and tolerant, and things will be fine. Assalamu alaikum. Um, one time I was between two people that I really do respect. And they had differences. And they start arguing to each other. So what I did was, I didn't want to get involved in between them. So I walked away. And one of the ladies uh, told me that, why are you walking away? You need to be here. You can't get out. So I sat down for a while to listen to what they have to say to each other. But I kept my distance because it wasn't about me. And then after a while, they were screaming and yelling at each other. The other one told me that, 
why are you so silent? Why didn't you get involved with what's happening? So after a while, I said to them, you need to sit down. If you want me to get involved in this, you need to sit down and you need to listen to each other. Because what they were doing was they were both shouting loud and none of them can hear each other. So I said, listen, why don't you just sit down, both of you? I literally have to take them to their seats and make them sit down so they can you know, exchange what they have each other. So I said to them, you know, if you don't be silent, one of you, nothing's going to be solved. So at the end, like what she just said, none of them were listening to each other. They were all shouting at the same time and didn't get what they were talking about. But then when they sat down and they explained the problems they had each other, it was solved. And I said, because of that reason, because you kept silent and this person spoke, is the reason why you could solve the problems now. So silence, again, it's true. It's, it's very important. Sometimes you need to listen rather than talk. Yes. Unity doesn't mean that we won't have differences. Unity doesn't mean that we all will be on the same page. We all will think in the same way. There will be differences. Because where there is creativity, there will be different ideas. And when there are different ideas, there are going to be differences. You like something, somebody else doesn't like it. You like pink, they like beige. You like this shade of green, they like another shade of green. You like something to be curvy, they like something to be pointy. It's normal. It's going to happen. But what is necessary? That don't make a fight out of everything. Don't get offended just because somebody differs from you. Be patient. Be tolerant. Sometimes you are hurt. Other times they are hurt. Sometimes your idea is accepted. Sometimes their idea is accepted. There has to be communication. But our problem is, our arrogance comes in the middle. We get upset and offended that they differed from me. They said something different from what I believe. How dare they? This is disrespect. I don't get along with this person. And why did you say that? In a fight, an argument? All that is needed is, خُذِلْ afwa. Pick up, afwa. You don't want to pick it up? Just pick it up. Because when you forgive others... Only then you can carry on. So, وَأَطِيعُوا اللَّهَ وَرَسُولَهُ وَلَا تَنَازَعُوا فَتَفْشَلُوا وَتَذْهَبَ رِيحُكُمْ وَاصْبِرُوا What is necessary? Patience. Patience when you are dealing with others and also when you are facing the enemy. إِنَّ اللَّهَ مَعَ الصَّابِرِينَ Indeed, Allah is with those who are patient. He supports the patient, not the impatient ones. And if you try to be patient, you will have patience. وَلَا تَكُونُوا And do not be كَالَّذِينَ Like those who خَرَجُوا مِن دِيَارِهِمْ Who left from their homes بَطَرًا Insolently, arrogantly. بَطَر From the root letters بَطَرًا بَطَر is basically تَكَبُّر and خَيْلَاء Pride and خَيْلَاء is basically when someone thinks very highly of themselves. Okay? خَيْلَاء is from خِيَال which is thought. Okay, so khayla is when a person just thinks that they are the best. So bata, pride, arrogance, haughtiness, thinking that I'm the best and we are going to win and yes, we are going to be victorious. This is what bata is. So don't go out from your houses when you're going to face the enemy like those who left their houses batara insolently arrogantly, proudly, thinking very highly of themselves. nas, And to be seen by the people. Ri'a, from same word as riya, 
from the root letters ra hamza ya ra'yun which is to see so ri'a to make others see who do they want should see them the people so they want to be seen by others wa yasudduna an sabilillah and they stop people from the way of allah wallahu bima ya'maluna muhit and allah is encompassing of whatever they do this ayah is basically talking about the meccan army because when they left mecca it wasn't just the soldiers who left they brought with them alcohol extra food many many camels to feed the army and also entertainment what was that entertainment singing and dancing girls musical instruments which is why when abu jahl he was told by abu sufyan abu sufyan sent word that i'm safe go back home abu jahl when he was told he said no by allah we will not go back until we proceed to the well of badr we are going to go to badr we're going to march all the way we have to impress all of these tribes that are going to see us and we're going to go there slaughter our camels drink alcohol and female singers will sing to us this way the arabs will always talk about our position and what we did on that day meaning it will become a part of history and yes it did but not in their favor in the exact opposite way right so allah subhanahu wa ta'ala discourages us from such pride and vanity and such showing off no when a person goes out in the way of allah he should be humble like the prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam when he went as a victor to makkah he was humble because allah loves humility you know in hadith we learn that an angel that in every person there is hikma wisdom that is controlled by an angel when a person is humble the angel is told increase his wisdom and when a person is arrogant the angel is told decrease his wisdom so when a person is humble his wisdom his intelligence it grows he can see things he can see clearly but when a person is arrogant then he can't even think rationally like sometimes you see people on the television or outside and they're walking like oh they're something as if they're walking on the moon literally and if you just analyze the way they're standing and the way they're walking and the way they're talking and the way they're eating and the way they're showing off it's so ridiculous but in their hearts what do they think i'm the best and in reality people are looking down on them because they look like fools right dressed up in that way talking in that manner they look like fools so humility increases wisdom and pride it decreases your wisdom and intelligence so allah subhanahu wa ta'ala discourages the believers from being arrogant when they go out in the way of allah whoever becomes humble allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will elevate him wa id zayyana lahum ash-shaytanu a'malahum and recall when zayyana he adorned he beautified lahum for them who beautified for them ash-shaytanu shaytan what did he beautify for them a'malahum their deeds what were their deeds horrible going out to fight the prophet of allah going out even though there is no need with all of these dancing women and alcohol but all of their deeds they were beautified for them by the shaytan waqala and he said shaytan encouraged them la not ghalib anyone to overcome lakum for you al yawma today min an nas from the people meaning shaytan told them that today no one can defeat you I mean look at your army look at your weaponry look at all these supplies you have 
you are definitely going to win. So he made them overconfident. And shaitan said, وَإِنِّي and indeed I جَارٌ لَكُمْ I am your neighbor. Jar is neighbor from Jim Wara. I am your neighbor and I am also here to help you. I am here to offer you my full support. We learned that Iblis on the day of Badr, he appeared in the form of Suraqa ibn Malik who was the chief of the tribe of Banu Bakr. So Iblis came in the form of this man. And he said these words to the mushrikeen. None can defeat you today. I am your neighbor. I'm here to help you. But then what happened? فَلَمَّا دَنْوَنْ تَرَاءَتْ It saw one another. Who? الْفِئَةً The two groups. Meaning the mushrikeen and the Muslims. The two armies. They saw one another. What did Iblis do? Continue to encourage them. And said, I'm here to support you. No. Nakasa ala aqibayhi. Nakasa. He turned ala aqibayhi on his two heels. Nakasa is from the root letters noon kaf sad, and it is to turn away. Especially when a person is about to do something, instead of doing it, what does he do? He just turns away and runs off. So he's there to fight along with the mushrikeen, advancing against the Muslims, but all of a sudden what happens? He just turns away and speeds off. Why? وَقَالَ And he said, إِنِّي بَرِيءٌ مِّنْكُمْ Indeed, I am absolved from you. Meaning, I am disassociated from you. I have nothing to do with you. I'm not your friend anymore. إِنِّي Indeed, I أَرَى I see مَا لَا تَرَوْنَ That which you do not see. What is it that Iblis saw? Jibreel. He saw Jibreel. We learned that when the two armies stood face to face, the Messenger of Allah ﷺ took a handful of sand and he threw it at the faces of the mushrikeen, causing them to retreat. And Jibreel and the angels that were there, they advanced. And they advanced towards Iblis. And when Iblis, he was holding the hand of a mushrik man, he saw, he just withdrew and he ran away. And that man, he turned and he said, aren't you my neighbor? What happened to you? Why are you going away? And Iblis was in the form of Suraqa. And Iblis said at that time, إِنِّي بَرِيُمْ مِنْكُمْ إِنِّي أَرَى مَا لَا تَرَوْنَ I see what you don't see. I see all these angels. إِنِّي أَخَافُ اللَّهِ Iblis is saying, indeed, I fear Allah. Can you imagine? Even Iblis says, I fear Allah. I'm afraid that I remain here. I'm going to be severely caught and hurt. وَاللَّهُ شَدِيدُ الْعِقَابِ And Allah is severe in penalty. But imagine the stubbornness of Iblis. He fears Allah. He knows how powerful Allah is. He knows Allah can punish him. He knows he only has some time left. Yet he doesn't repent. How stubborn Iblis is. He still does not repent. And there are people who walk on the same footsteps of Iblis. Who mock about hellfire. Who say that yes, definitely going there. So I might as well have some fun right now. This is what? Same like Iblis. I might as well have some fun right now because I know I'm destined to hellfire. He said, I fear Allah, Allah is severe in penalty. What do we see? That Iblis, he deceived his friends on the day of Badr. He encouraged them, go, 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 I'm with you. You're the best, you can do it. And what happened? Right when they were facing the challenge, he ran away, he abandoned them. And this is something that Iblis does with many people. He promises them, do it, do it, do it, I'll save you. And when the person is in trouble, he abandons him. And in fact, he will say this to every person who suffers punishment on the Day of Judgment. We learn, يَعِدُهُمْ وَيُمَنِّيهِمْ 
Shaytan, he promises them, he gives them false hopes, وَمَا يَعِدُهُمُ الشَّيْطَانُ إِلَّا غُرُورًا And promises of shaytan are nothing but deception. In Surah Ibrahim, ayah 22, we learn, وَقَالَ الشَّيْطَانُ لَمَّا قُضِيَ الْأَمْرِ Shaytan will say when the matter is concluded, people of Jannah are in Jannah, people of hell are in hell. Shaytan will speak at that time. He will say, إِنَّ اللَّهَ وَعَدَكُمْ وَعَدَ الْحَقِّ Allah promised you the promise of truth. وَوَعَدْتُكُمْ And I also promised you, but فَأَخْلَفْتُكُمْ I broke my promise. وَمَا كَانَ لِي عَلَيْكُمْ مِنْ سُلْطَانِ I had no power over you, إِلَّا أَنْ دَعُوتُكُمْ فَاسْتَجَبْتُمْ لِي I just called you and you responded to me. فَلَا تَلُومُونِي Don't blame me today. وَلُومُوا أَنفُسَكُمْ Blame yourselves. Imagine Iblis will say this to the people of hellfire on the Day of Judgment. I didn't have any power over you, I just told you, you responded. So don't blame me, blame yourself. I can't save you right now, so stop screaming. Basically, this is what he will say. مَا أَنَا بِمُصْرِخِكُمْ وَمَا أَنْتُمْ بِمُصْرِخِي I can't help you, even when you scream, and you can't help me when I am screaming. So there is no point. Stop blaming me. Blame yourselves. So shaitan, he is the greatest deceiver. He deceives people today. And he will abandon all those who befriend him. He makes false promises. Imagine the shayateen, so many shayateen, that he has you know, sent after people in order to misguide them, what do you think he's told them? False promises. That you listen to me, you do this, and I will give this to you. You'll be happy. You'll have this. You'll have this. But in reality, it's a false promise. Right? And many times it happens, and when we're doing something wrong, we see the evil consequences. But yet, we deceive ourselves. It's okay, no big deal. Like for example, when we are not taking our test. For instance, what happens? We say, next week. It's okay, next week. And then what happens? Keeps getting deferred and deferred. Right? So, shaitan makes us procrastinate. Shaitan makes us commit sins. Because with every person, there is a qareen from the shaitan, and there is a qareen, meaning a companion, from among the angels. Every morning when a person wakes up, the shaitan says to him, start your day with something bad. And the angel says to him, start your day with something good. So if a person listens to shaitan, shaitan will have a hold on him. And if a person listens to the angel and does something good, and one of the first things is that he remembers Allah, thanks Allah, Alhamdulillah, he remembers Allah, then what will happen? The angel will have more control over the person. In the sense that he will... Encourage him to do good and the person will be able to respond to him even more. When a person goes to bed, both the angel and the shaitan run to him. Shaitan says, end your day with something bad. The angel says, end your day with something good. And if a person listens to the angel, remembers Allah until he falls asleep, then that angel expels the shaitan and says, go away, you can't stay here. And then he spends the night watching that person. And shaitan cannot hurt him at all. So that person... He cannot have a bad dream where shaitan can scare him and frighten him. He cannot get hurt from shaitan. So it's so necessary that we adopt these ways to protect ourselves. Every time there's a desire to do evil, there's also that voice that tells us, don't do it. So respond to that voice. Don't listen to shaitan because if you listen, what will happen? He's going to leave you. He's never going to protect you. He's never going to save you. And there are many stories in the Qur'an and Sunnah that give us this lesson. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala give us the ability to benefit.
Let's listen to the recitation. Ya ayyuhal ladhina amanu Iza laqeetum fi'atan fasbutu Fasbutu wazkuru allaha kathiran la'allakum tuflihun وَأَطِيعُوا اللَّهَ وَرَسُولَهُ وَلَا تَنَازَعُوا فَتَفْشَلُوا وَتَذْهَبَ رِيحُكُمْ وَاصْبِرُوا إِنَّ اللَّهَ مَعَ الصَّابِرِينَ وَلَا تَكُونُوا كَالَّذِينَ خَرَجُوا مِنْ دِيَارِهِمْ ഹുമുലിയമിന ഹു ശീദുൽ 